Well, it's great to be with you again. I want to continue the, this series on mercy. Uh, today, uh, I want to talk about uh, forgiveness again, but not so much what forgiveness is, but what it's not. But I want to first emphasize the importance of forgiving, just to, in case you've forgotten. <laughs> Remember when uh, Jesus um, was asked by Peter, uh, Lord, you know, how many times should I forgive my brother? You know, seven times? And Jesus said, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven, which was a Semitic way of saying always. So that's a challenge, isn't it? And sometimes what hinders us from actually forgiving is a wrong concept of what forgiveness is. Remember I was talking about how forgiveness is letting go and not condemning the other person, letting go of the judgments and choosing not to uh, retaliate in any way. It's a choice, right, that's made rather than governed by feelings. But we need to say what forgiveness is not. You hear some people say, oh, well, forgiveness, you've just got to forgive and forget. Well, that doesn't make sense to me because it's not actually healthy necessarily to forget. It's the way you remember that's important. So forgiveness does not mean that you forget the offence that's been made against you. Uh, you're not expected, nor can you really forget when you've been hurt deeply. Now, if we try to forget and just push it down into the unconscious, then it sort of remains a force within us that's negative and tears us down. And, and we're never really free. So the issue is not trying to forget when it's impossible to forget, but rather forgiving in such a way that you remember the incident or the offence graciously now, whereas before it was an afflictive memory that every time you remembered it or thought about it, it, it felt like you were being wounded again and you were held in, in a slavery to that particular memory. But now the memory has the sting taken out of it when genuine forgiveness has taken place. So you can remember it sort of quite graciously, uh, uh, without resentment and anger, uh, even though you, know, you realise that it did uh, affect you deeply, it was an injustice that was done against you, but now when you remember it, there's a freedom within you that God gives, so that um, you can even become grateful for the event after a while, mind you, uh, you can even have gratitude in your heart for what um, uh, happened back then because of the graces that you've been able to draw from it yourself. So that's a sort of a, an advanced level of, of, of forgiveness. You see, when you uh, have genuine forgiveness in your heart over a period of time, like you are able to actually have gratitude in your heart for all that's happened and you're able to pray a blessing on the person uh, or the, the institution which you have received so much damage from. Um, so that's a good test, actually, that the forgiveness has taken place because forgiveness actually takes place over time too. And it's good when there's been a big betrayal of trust that you actually uh, you know, forgive each day, make a prayer of forgiveness each day, uh, and then gradually the emotions will catch up to that uh, decision that you're making. So it's important to give an example like Jan Ruffer Hearn, an Australian woman, um, 
wrote a book some years back called 50 Years of Silence. She had been um, in Indonesia uh, with her father, who was a diplomat, um, when uh, the Japanese occupied Indonesia in the Second World War. And the Japanese took off many young women, including Jan, uh, to be what they called comfort women, which was basically used as prostitutes for the, uh, the Japanese army. And so she went through this nightmare of a year or two of being used every night by soldiers to, to fulfill their, their pleasures as a comfort woman. And she just tells the story of how, how you know, disgraceful she felt and how shameful she felt about it and, and how she felt it was such an abuse of her dignity as a person and, and it was a horrible nightmare experience. So after the war, she told nobody what happened. Uh, her, her family didn't know, her husband didn't know, her, her children didn't know uh, what that history she had. She'd kept it very secret. But then what happened is that um, in Korea, some of the women who were used that way by the Japanese began to sort of speak out in the 90s. And um, they be began to sort of you know, make noises about what had happened to them and were seeking some sort of uh, recompense because of that. And she felt obliged to also speak out. So she told her family first, and they were just amazed and distraught by it all. But then she spoke out about herself, and she was invited to come to Japan, to, to Tokyo, to the Memorial of the Unknown Soldier. And they gathered there a number of um, ex-soldiers uh, of the Japanese who, during the, who'd, who'd actually fought during the war, so they arrived as well at this place and they had Jan and, and other uh, comfort women, as they called them, uh, to, to speak. Uh, and so she had this opportunity to actually speak. She said she was quite, quite deeply moved as she met with these Japanese soldiers because um, she wanted to speak forgiveness, which she did. But when she made her speech, she said... We will not be able to forget, and nor should we forget, because if we forget, this could happen again. She said, but why I'm here is to be a sign of hope for the future of the world. And this gathering, she said, is a sign of hope because it's a gathering of reconciliation. But she was very strong on that point that we need to remember. And that's so true, isn't it? That if we just push these things under, into history or something without remembering, then it could be repeated. Uh, uh, the more we can remember graciously, then the more likely we will be able not to repeat those things again or not to have them re repeated on, on other people. So forgiveness then is not forgetting, but rather remembering graciously because of the decision that you've made to let it go and give it all over to God. Now, the second thing that forgiveness is not, it's not excusing or condoning the offence. Sometimes people will say, I will never forgive. And what they really mean is, I'm not going to condone what's happened to me. Because they feel if they forgive, then it means I'm not really acknowledging uh, the injustice that's been done and the unacceptable behaviour of the offender. 
No, uh, forgiveness doesn't mean that. Forgiveness really will always include justice. Uh, and justice has to be done when someone has made an offence that's sort of really done damage to people. In one way or another, uh, that needs to be righted, that justice. But um, at the same time, uh, we, we need to let it go. And so forgiveness is that letting go. It's that uh, willingness no longer to have the anger and the resentment and the bitterness in my heart. I have a freedom from this person that's done the offence towards me. Uh, so we don't want to forgive because it seems that it's just writing off the offence as if it didn't matter. It does matter. And, uh, and it's important that justice is done. You remember when um, John Paul II uh, was shot by Muhammad Ali Agha in uh, St. Peter's Square, uh, and he recovered uh, somewhat miraculously from this uh, thing. And, and he, as soon as he recovered, the first thing he did, he went to the jail where his assailant uh, was now in prison to forgive him. But when he was there, he didn't plead for him to come out of prison and be let go. No, he had to undergo the 15 or 16 years or whatever it was of a jail sentence for such a crime. Uh, uh, so justice had to be done. But it was important for the Pope to image to all of us that we should forgive and not hold it against somebody in the wrong way, even though the person has to sort of live out the consequences of what they've done, right? Which in this case meant a jail sentence. So when we forgive them, we're not condoning the evil, we're not condoning the, condoning the scandals or the injuries or the insults that have been made against us. A reparation has been made by justice and compensation is necessary in, in some cases for offences that have been given. But if this focus is only on compensation, if the focus is only on rights and on, on um, a truce maybe to establish between people or something like that, we don't yet have love. We don't yet have mercy. And mercy is the higher thing in the heart of God, even higher than justice. It's the highest calling of us as human beings too, consequently, huh? Because it's the highest attribute in God. And so while we make sure that justice happens, uh, that, say, for example, someone's done a crime, then they should go to prison, you know. Uh, or an abuse has happened, well, okay, the consequences of that need to be, um, be met. But the forgiveness is still important because forgiveness sets you free. Otherwise, you're captive still and you go to prison with the person rather than be free. Okay, so uh, we don't want our emotions then of resentment and anger to be dominating us, but rather by the decision of forgiveness, we let it go. Uh, and, and at the same time, we let justice take its course, and it was important that justice must take its course. So forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not condoning or excusing uh, at all. And nor is forgiveness uh, the same as reconciliation. This is another thing that people can get confused about. They say, well, uh, you know, I... 
I can't possibly forgive because I'd never be able to walk again with that person. Well, you don't have to walk again with the person if it's not appropriate. That's what reconciliation means. To be reconciled means to be able to walk together again peacefully with that person. But in some instances, that's just not possible. You know, when you've been offended deeply by someone, uh, yes, forgiveness is necessary, letting go and, and choosing to forgive, but walking again with that person may not be possible at all. Take the example of a wife uh, who is separated from her husband due to physical abuse, right? Um, well, then she needs to learn to forgive uh, in her heart, otherwise she'll just be going down into a, uh, a vortex of, of hatred and bitterness that will kill her soul. So she needs to forgive, but she also uh, needs to be able to remember it well uh, without sort of um, being too uh, of an afflictive memory. And, and, but but in, this, in this case, she, she can't uh, necessarily be reconciled and walk together with that man. Uh, it wouldn't be possible, maybe, forever to go back and live with him. So that's the, genu- that's the reconciliation. So people think, oh, I won't be able to forgive because they're thinking, oh, I'll have to sort of talk to that person again. Now, in case, some cases, you will never talk to that person again. In fact, it would be putting yourself in danger to talk to that person again. And, and so you don't have to come to that level of, of reconciliation. Sometimes it's possible, sometimes it's not. So don't equate forgiveness with reconciliation. That can help people actually get into being able to forgive, right? And remember that in in, in many relationships where there's been a serious breach of trust, it takes a long time for forgiveness to even uh, take root in the soul. And then for reconciliation to take place, it can sometimes be just impossible. It just cannot be achieved. Uh, Forgiveness, though, is always possible. That's what I'm trying to say here. It's always possible. That's why Jesus says, yes, forgive, not just seven times, but 77, 77 times. Forgive always, because you can always forgive. The grace is always there for that. But realistically speaking, because of the damage that's happened in the relationship, and because of maybe the danger that the other person is to me now, I can't necessarily have reconciliation. And Maybe there, can, there are different degrees of reconciliation that can take place. On the other hand, of course, in a Christian community where uh, we just sort of let one another down in faults and failings, etc., uh, and hopefully like in a marriage relationship too, a normal marriage relationship where you let one another down, eventually there needs to be that reconciliation, that walking together again with, with that person, if at all possible. So we should aim for that if it's possible. You know, certainly that's why Jesus hung on the cross for us, so that we'd be able to be reconciled with one another. Uh, it's, but uh, as I say, realistically speaking, sometimes the circumstances are such so that that cannot be, be uh, uh, cannot really happen. You know, and so we need to sort of be real, realistic about that. You know, even when a, 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 an offender is repentant, reconciliation sometimes can't take place, you know, due to the instability of that offender or the type of offence that will sort of lead you into danger again if you sort of started to have a relationship again with them. So it's just important to understand that. For example, like a, a child who has been 
are sexually abused by a parent, the betrayal of trust has been so great that uh, forgiveness can happen, of course, and should happen, but oftentimes reconciliation cannot happen. Now, when this all comes to light later in later years, the person has been offended so deeply, just can't possibly really come back into relationship with that parent that uh, caused such a uh, damage to them uh, in those early years. So having said all this, of course, in, in extreme cases, uh, the gospel of Jesus calls us to be open to reconciliation if possible. Right? But as I say, oftentimes it's not. So in the Christian community, we always try to come together try to sort out conflicts and find some sort of resolution in the conflicts. And there's, there's um, rules for that. Maybe in a later talk, I'll talk about that as to how to walk through uh, resolving conflicts uh, in a Christian community context. But, um, like in our brotherhood and the missionaries of God's love, we always aim to be reconciled after conflict has occurred. You know, uh, That's really important. It's a big challenge. Uh, to seek that reconciliation. Uh, but uh, obviously in, in other relationships, especially relationships outside of the Christian context, it can be extremely difficult um, to actually affect that reconciliation. So that's my main point today then, just simply what forgiveness is not. It's, it's not forgetting, but it's remembering graciously. You know, it's, um, it's not condoning, or excusing, or, or, or trivialising the offence that's been made against me. But at the same time, it's letting it go uh, and not allowing it to sort of impact me. And then uh, also, it's, it's not equated to reconciliation. If it's possible, forgiveness sh- should lead to reconciliation. It's not always possible. And so let's uh, trust uh, all these situations to the Lord and just know that... Um, He's with us, that his grace is upon us. And to do what we can to allow him to heal our hearts when we've been offended deeply and find the way through that is possible to us and not to expect the impossible. And bless his name.